Hello and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with influential hustlers. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. After several years of climbing the never-ending corporate ladder, I waved goodbye to a job title and salary I once thought defined my success and embarked on a life full of good health, wholesome conversations, nourishing relationships and a career that fueled my soul. Through storytelling, these healthy conversations are designed to give you the boost of healthy enthusiasm you need to fuel your health and well-being goals and inspire you to live a happier, healthier life. Hello, hustlers, and welcome back to the show. Today, I am once again thrilled to be joined by my good friend, model and presenter, Tegan Martin, as we have another healthy conversation with an inspiring hustler. Today's guest has a combined digital following of over 5 million. A model, actress, entrepreneur, and wildlife warrior, it is fair to say that Ali Gonzalez is a force to be reckoned with. Meeting us on our trip to Brisbane, this beauty took some time out of her busy schedule to chat to us about her business, Body by Ali program, which was a result of her love and passion for health and well-being. Her journey as a model and her recent role as an actress in Fighting With My Family, alongside Hollywood legend Dwayne Johnson, aka The Rock. If you enjoy today's episode, I would be so grateful if you'd be kind enough to leave a five-star review on the podcast app. And if you'd like to stay up to date with all things hustle, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers and at Tegan.Martin on Instagram. Introducing Australia's newest feel-good place for all things health, beauty and wellness. Beautifullyhealthy.com.au is here. Your new must-go-to shop for all your health, beauty and wellness needs. Ali, good afternoon and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to chat to you. Oh, thanks for having me and Daisy. Yes, I know. <laughs> what a little surprise visitor. We're so excited yes, that Daisy's here. I brought here. My yes. Daisy into our hotel room. I, I did. I smuggle her into many places all around Brisbane. Um, so yeah, she got smuggled in today. She's and very she's, easy to smuggle. Look yeah, how small she she's is. She's tiny. So I, everyone listening, I brought my tiny little Pomeranian Daisy in today's session. How on earth do you go without her? I wouldn't be able to I leave struggle travelling. It's really yeah. hard because she's just so cute. But Ross sends me like heaps of photos <laughs> all the time and it's like, oh, it's okay. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> we would love to know to start today's interview off with you, what is one thing that people might not necessarily know about Ellie? I mean, I think everybody knows the situation now about my dad passing in a way, but for a really, really long time, like I didn't talk about it. I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't ready. And I basically went like three years just with counseling sessions and really focusing on like me getting my mental health in a really, really great position that I can like go and talk about it and I can discuss like how I got through it and what I did to get through it. So this year for me, like one of the biggest things was I really wanted to focus on getting outside of my comfort zone because I worked so hard on my mental health and like getting over this like huge tragedy of my dad committing suicide. So I basically jumped out of a plane on my birthday because I'm terrified of heights <laughs> in amazing. Dubai. I, the video is actually hilarious. I have three veins in my forehead. And so oh just so you goodness. know, I get one when I'm like nervous, like it just like right through, like if I get really hot and really nervous, I had three 
It was like the funniest thing to watch. And I, you just see how uncomfortable and terrified I am when I look down just before we jump out of the plane. But this year for me is all about doing things that make me feel scared or uncomfortable just so I can like push through that barrier of being comfortable and like just focusing on how I am on the inside. But now I just feel like I really want to work on being courageous and like doing crazy things that put me outside of my comfort zone. So we also have a 21K half marathon in Hawaii in April that we're doing. (laughs) That's just crazy. (laughs) That's next level. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's really, really uncomfortable and everybody hates running and it's freaking hard. (laughs) It's just really difficult. So, but it's in Hawaii, so it's not that bad. And yeah, I really, one thing that I hate, it is running. Like, and my hat just goes off to you to think that you can actually put yourself through that, like mentally and physically. Mm. Yeah, I think and it's you live in Brisbane where thing. it's hot. I walked at seven thirty this morning <laughs> and I was sweating bullets walking. Yeah, we've been like running all around the world, like training. We were in Dubai and we were just like on the treadmill, oh and running outside, oh, and we've been running here. Good. And he's good because I'm doing it with my partner Ross, and um, he was the, he was actually Don't the first one that. who like Blake signed. Will kill me. <laughs> He signed up for it first and he was just like, oh, would you ever consider doing it? And I had made the decision to go skydiving and I was like, you know what? Yes, I'm just going to do it. So we've been training together. He gets like super frustrated at me though because I'm always like lagging behind like (laughs) 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 like dying. And he's like, come on, babe, let's keep going. (laughs) Are you enjoying it now? I must ask that because like running is just something that I cannot imagine actually enjoying when you're in the middle of it or is it more after the run that you're just so happy Um, that you've actually, you know, done that and committed to it and – the adrenaline's run, racing and you're feeling I mean, I definitely insane. don't feel good doing it at okay. the time. I think you need to get past like 8Ks running to like sort of just be comfortable mm, yeah. um, past then because it's like a struggle to get to 8. It mm-hmm. was a struggle for me to get to 8. Yeah. And then you get to 10 and now we're working towards like 15 and then we'll go to 20. So I think – after you get like that runner's rush if you're not Mm. doing like an an easy 5k or whatever but you definitely feel like really good but you like the post care of doing like long runs Mm. is like epsom salt bath i will literally put like four bags of epsom salts in a bath afterwards and just sit in a really hot bath wow yeah so i just like the self-care like like protein everything yeah is huge yeah because like you just get so tired what's the impact been on your body have you felt a massive difference Um, i've just gotten leaner (laughs) girl. (laughs) and you know i think with that self-care you can really like back it up with a session the next day and then two days after that you can go for a longer run like Mm -hmm. it's all about like just taking care of your body if you really do want to yeah keep like going up okay every day like i think that's the most important part but you definitely get a lot leaner yes yeah So I've been doing like sessions like leg days and stuff so I don't lose my butt and my legs. <laughs> yeah, you can't lose a butt. A <laughs> yeah. You can't lose a butt. And we just talked about the fact before we got on here that you are doing these things mm. because it's similar to when you go through a hard time, like as you said, losing your father. Yeah. Um, to put yourself in these uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. um, and teach yourself to have that mental strength to get through in the same way you would in a yeah. real life tragedy. Is yeah. That- 
Do you know what? I think it shows you how strong you really can be and how much your body and your mind can go through. Mm. And it's like if you can do those things, if you can jump out of a plane, if you can do a half marathon, if you can go and swim with sharks or like overcome any fear, which we did too. We swam with sharks. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So that was terrifying. (laughs) One came swimming towards us and I'm like, ah! (laughs) You can hear our breath like in the video on the GoPro. It's hilarious. I think if you do those things, you see how capable you really are of like getting through hard times in your life and Mm. they're going to come and they're going to happen and they happened to me like just out of nowhere and so suddenly in a really, really big way and I thought like you can go one or two ways. You can take it on the chin, like I said before earlier, and you can grow from it and learn from it or you can curl up into a tiny ball and your life will become absolutely miserable. So like I refused for the second part to happen to me. I knew that I could like get through it, especially with the right people around me. Mm -hmm. So that was like really, really important for me to have that personal time in between, you know, me talking about how I got through it and when it actually happened to me. Yeah. So yeah, it teaches you how strong and capable you really are as a human being to go through stuff that life is going to throw at you. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. So we want your next ebook to be like the five crazy things Ellie does. (laughs) (laughs) Toughness every year. (laughs) So in addition to your running training, what is one healthy habit that you are doing at the moment that's really helping keep your hustle nice and healthy? Um, I think with all the travel and everything and like the long days that I do, it's staying on top of like eating healthy food and taking my supplements. Like that's really one of the biggest things that I like can do what I do and mm-hmm. I can train and I can work and I can travel and I can do all these things. I'm never sick. Yeah. Like I can't remember the last time I was sick. And you're not getting a lot of sleep, are you? Not massively. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. But yeah, yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah. But I'm never sick. I never get sick. And it's you run yourself down if you don't eat the right foods and, you know, you can get adequate sleep. But if you're eating the right foods and taking care of yourself and getting on the supplements and everything like that, yeah. I think it's like the biggest thing. So how do you prepare for travel? Like when you know you've got a big week of travel coming up, but you want to ensure that you're eating healthy and you're staying on top of your health. What do you do prior to make sure that you Food got prep. it all? Yeah. Do you, you do? You literally <laughs> yeah. take stuff with you. and yep, I'll yep. take stuff with me or I'll make sure that wherever I'm going, I have food that I can eat that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm traveling, I always have like healthy snacks in my bag, even if it's like you're traveling business class or yeah. first or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Like plain food is plain food. Yeah. 100%. It's, you know, it can taste delicious, but they're still serving you like croissants. It's preservative. And, like, helps yeah. of, like heaps of salty food and just sodium. Is, your body doesn't digest well when it's exactly. flying that far in the air. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. So I do carry a lot of my supplements and just like a ton of water. If you drink like a ton of water, you'll find that you the jet lag will just like be non-existent. And that's how I just bounce back. As yeah. soon as I get into a country, I just will have natural sleep aids on the plane. Yeah. I'll drink heaps of water, have like healthy snacks, supplements, and I'm like good to go. You obviously don't have weak bladders like Maddie and I. <laughs> oh, no, I do. I do. <laughs> Struggling the last few days, we're like tag teaming each other to the toilet in our hotel. It's really bad. No, I do. As we well. drink that much. Water yeah, it's, it's it's horrible. <laughs> you definitely become very aware of every toilet that is around you, especially when you're running like I. Am. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Um, so, Ellie, you are a model, actress, and wildlife warrior. Can you take us back to your beginnings and tell us a little bit about your childhood? I had a very grounding childhood. I grew up on acreage in like South Brisbane. 
with heaps of animals. I had ducks, chickens, geese, horses, koalas, goannas, like you name it, it was in my backyard. I didn't really grow up with any kind of Hollywood aspirations or any kind of modeling aspirations. I was a massive tomboy. I used to wear my brother's hand-me-down no fear clothes. Do you remember that label, no fear? I used to wear that. And like the same pair of shoes with no socks. So it was just like a stink bomb had gone off in my freaking house when I take them off and my parents ended up like burning the shoes. They were like, no, these have to go. So my dad ended up taking me shopping and I, it just couldn't – you couldn't get me in pink, nothing. Like it was just so difficult. You're actually wearing a no fear, t- fear T-shirt right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my day off clothing. <laughs> I should get I should get Daisy I should get Daisy one actually (laughs) um yeah so I just had this like super grounding childhood and I was just like a massive tomboy and then I went through a period where I just had these incredibly large boobs grow in when I was like 11 12 years old like puberty hit and my life was over as I felt (laughs) and it was really hard because I just wasn't prepared for them. I didn't want boobs. I didn't want to become a woman. So it was just like really, really difficult for me. And then I eventually grew into being a girl a little bit more when I was in like grade nine, grade 10 and then started modeling. Like literally just went from there. Amazing. Mm. And I'm sure you're um, super happy with having boobs now. (laughs) I love having boobs now. (laughs) So I was going to ask, you know, why you are so passionate about wildlife, but Mm -hmm. obviously you've answered that with growing up um, on the farm with all of that around you. What made you continue, you know, with everything that you have going on right now, such a busy schedule, what's made you continue to be so passionate um, about animal welfare? I think it's incredibly important if you're in a position – to give back. I went up to the zoo, Australia Zoo, up in um, the Sunshine Coast. Uh, Terry had invited me up because I'd never been and I was like I think about 21 at the time when I met her through friends and um, she said, oh, come up to the zoo. It'll be great. Like we'll take you around, do some animal encounters. Then they took me to the wildlife hospital that they have there and literally I was like brought to tears. It was the saddest thing to see like, cars hitting koalas kangaroos like the whole like deal people's animals attacking wildlife people shooting wildlife I I don't know if you remember but they had a koala called fleet and it was like still quite a young koala who'd been shot in the face with like little pellets so it just like like sprayed in his face he ended up dying and it was like one of the like the most horrible things to see happen and when I walked through that wildlife hospital I knew that I was in a position to be able to help them and like raise awareness for what they do and all of the amazing work that they do all over the world like they have conservation projects all over the world and Mm. what they do Terry, Bindi, Robert, Chandler the whole team of Australia Zoo I take my hat off to them I think they are the most amazing people in the world and they've become like a family to my partner and I and even Daisy They are obsessed with Daisy. Bindi and Terry sent Daisy some like clothes when they're in the States a few years ago and it was like the funniest thing ever. But I absolutely adore them and I think it's important for people just to give back. If you're in a position to give back, to donate to a charity or to raise awareness for a charity, it's just so important because you just have to believe in something outside of yourself at the end of the day. I think that's the most important thing. 
That's what I love about you is that oh, you're someone in the public eye who I feel like does almost just as much charity work as you do, paid work. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this girl, like when does she sleep? Um, and when I first met Ellie, I was blown away. We actually sat next to each other. I think it was at Fashion Week and yeah. you were like smiling at me, being really nice and then we ended up going out for dinner and I was like, she's just the realest human I've ever met with, you know, such a platform and a massive goofball such a voice, yeah, and such a goofball which is what I love and you know I don't have a huge amount of industry friends but I can definitely say that you're someone that I really admire I look up to I love how much time you give to charities oh, and how, just how normal you are really oh I see I think you need to be normal like it's when people like sort of lose their way a little bit where it just becomes super challenging and you know we I feel like we do see it all the time in this industry mm. but for people to be surrounded by good grounded people is like the most important thing mm. when you're doing this job. So you now have a combined social media following of over 5 million. Yeah. Is that crazy to comprehend? <laughs> I'm like that's a big if number. If you told the 14-year-old Ellie, yes. If you told the me now, like I don't feel like it's such a huge thing because it kind of like happened over time. Yes. So all at once, yeah, you'd be like, wow, like that yeah. is like a massive influence. That is yeah. absolutely insane. And I do get like how huge that reach is, but it just happened over time and it just doesn't feel like anything daunting. It just feels like a family. Like it just yeah. really does feel like a really supportive group of people all over the world who have just decided to like join my Your life journey. Like I love for, it. Whenever they saw me on the Super Bowl commercial, whether they've seen me doing stuff with Wildlife Warriors, it's like just spanned over years of mm -hmm. doing things that I'm really passionate about and doing jobs that I really love and believe in. And it's really amazing that people just want to follow that, yeah, you know, and be a part of that. So, so what made you start your social media in the first place and oh. how much time do you, you know, your content is absolutely stunning and you obviously Thank give you. so much to your audience. How much time do you spend doing it? It all started, it's a, it's a really funny story. When I first wanted to be in the entertainment industry doing modeling, acting, all that kind of stuff, I started going around to these modeling like modeling agencies all around Brisbane. I was, I think, maybe 17. The child agency that I was with, I just kind of like outgrew and they only did young kids. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, go to all of the modeling agencies in Brisbane. And they were like, no, you're too much of this, too little of that. And I was just like, okay, well, I know that that's bullshit. I know that I can do something like really incredible in this industry and I'm motivated and determined and I know what I want. So I just like went out and did it. I literally just found a way of contacting these clients and people that I wanted to work with and shoot campaigns with. And then I thought it would be amazing for me to have a platform that could entice these businesses to also work with me if I'm not the kind of model that this world is looking for at that point in time. At least I've got something else behind me that I can say, hey, I've got this many followers that you can expose your business to through shooting a like a campaign. So it started on Facebook, like way back in the day when we had Facebook pages yes. and then we had Twitter and then Instagram. Mm -hmm. So it literally just spanned across like years of me just being like thinking of different ways that I would be able to shoot and be a successful model. So that's how it really like that wow. the social media thing came about. And I jumped on Instagram like as soon as it sort of mm -hmm. happened. And I was like, I guess, one of the OGs because I already had that following on Facebook that then jumped over to Instagram mm -hmm. and it just built up so quickly. And then I lost 
my first Instagram account. Yeah, it got removed, which was like absolutely devastating. It was at like like 800,000 followers. And for back then, when it first came out, was like huge. So huge. that was like a massive blow and I had to create that account was again. It or did, no, Instagram removed it. You know, it was wow. at the point where they were like really strict on like yeah. all of the photos that people were putting out yeah. and just like zero tolerance policy. And it's not the same now, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, fortunately, whatever. Yeah. But um but yeah, it just that was like a bit of a bit of a blow. But um but yeah, like it, that's how it really came about. So to rebuild that, did you just go back to your Facebook audience and just keep promoting to them that you'd started a new account or how yeah, did but you? Then I, at the same time, people also realized that the account I had wasn't existing okay. anymore. So yeah. they would search me and they'd find me on a new, my next new one. one. Yeah. Okay. So that built up really quite quickly, but it mm-hmm. still took a, a bit to like get it back there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it was just figuring out like new different ways to in the beginning get in front of people I wanted to work with and do mm. things with. It was that was really the motivation behind creating like my Facebook page and then Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. In hindsight, it may have been a good thing. Like it might have cleaned out, you know, a lot of people that kind of just click follow on in the early days yeah. and, and kind of brought you back to your real tribe. Yeah, totally. To, you know, see everything from you, buy from you, yeah. be a part of your life. Mm. Um, I know nowadays there's people are pulling back from social media. They're not liking as much. They're not engaging as much anymore. And they're unfollowing like no tomorrow. Like people will not follow you now if you don't add value to their life or inspire them. So what I've noticed is that there are a lot of big accounts that mention that they are struggling with selling products or whatever, because, Mm. you know, these, these audiences that they have are not fully engaged with their content anymore. Um, And then I've got friends with 10K followers that are selling, you know, programs and books like crazy. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a cool like story um, in that you've got, you've now got a really engaged audience and people really want to know what Ellie's doing next. Yeah. And I think the most important thing is being genuine and actually, you know, when it comes down to whatever you're selling and I don't even see it as that I, I endorse products and companies that I actually really believe in and things that I use on mm-hmm. a daily basis. Like I would not feel comfortable putting on a dress that was absolutely hideous and taking a photo and promoting it to people or using a product that I just felt like was a waste of money and then promoting it to people. I, that is just not me. I've never been like that. So I feel like being genuine is the most important thing if you're going to be on social media and to have an engaged audience. I think that's the most important thing. And I've always preached that and always believed in just being who you are and being a genuine person instead of just like, you know, you can take all the money you want in the world, but people are going to see through all of that. If they buy a product that they're just like, this is absolutely horrible. Like Mm. they, they'll unfollow you and they'll just think you're just the the most fake person on the planet. hundred percent. Yeah. She's just taking money for this and, you know, which is fine at the same time. I get that people are, in a position where they would like to just make a lot of money, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable at all. No. It totally isn't. So I think being genuine is like the most important thing mm. when it comes down to. And I think you need to take some form of responsibility if you do have that community following you. You know, there's a lot of young girls out there or people with, you know, smaller incomes or that are working several jobs to provide for a family. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to think of them as well and what you're going out there telling them to mm. purchase like yeah. they've got limited money so I have friends you know, I have yeah. friends in that position and mm. yeah that, like I I will literally tell them if there's an amazing product that they need that I've been working with the company yeah. and 
like they're in the position where they really don't have money to blow mm. on stuff. So it like I know what it's like and I see what it's like. You know, I'm, I'm in a really great position now financially and people are working their way up to that and like set goals for that. Yes. But back in the day, like when I was like 17, no way. Yeah. Like, I didn't have the money to like, you know, buy beauty products or, yeah, you know, absolutely. tanning lotions or clothes or anything like that. And I think it's also too cool. Like it's cool because I, I work with labels that are affordable as mm-hmm. well. It's not like, hey, buy these Louboutin shoes or yes. buy this $2,000 dress or whatever it is. I think being real and like promoting companies that aren't going to – Absolutely, strap him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah, hundred percent. Send you bankrupt. Like I wore a twenty dollars dress the other day in one of my Instagram posts. That. Like it, you I know, it's it's so it's not about wearing designer stuff all yeah. the time, and you know, having that look about you. And if you do, that's fine. But I think at the same time, like when you have such young girls following you, it's cool mm. to be able to just be like, hey, come and buy this twenty dollars dress. You exactly. love it, exactly, <laughs> because you are inspiring them. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that's why you're able to stay so relevant is because you're relatable as well. You know, people aren't looking at you, aspiring to that life and thinking, oh my goodness, like I can't ever get it because I can't yeah, afford it. Yeah. So you know, it's, it just, it's good that you still seems like so staying true to that. It just seems so unreachable. And yeah. yes. see, I think it's like you have that responsibility to in the fact that when you're posting things that are great, it's like highlight reel. I think you also have a responsibility to sort of post about when you're ready, obviously. And I did like I did this to post about your challenges mm. in life and like how you got through them and what you've done to really like heal yourself and showed that other people can do that as well. I think that that is like a really special thing that people can do who are in this position that I'm in. We'll be right back after this healthy break. Beautifully healthy, an exciting destination for online shoppers who are passionate about their health and beauty. As an online health, beauty and wellness community, you'll benefit from the range of relevant on-trend brands at affordable prices personalized offers, gifts, specials, and rewards. You'll also have access to rich content and easy to navigate web pages to make your shopping experience simple and easy. It's the feel-good place for all your health, beauty, and wellness needs. So hustle your way to beautifullyhealthy.com.au and register. That's all you need to do to receive a $20 gift voucher. You said earlier that you waited until you were ready and you had processed it yourself Mm. and then you came out and you were vulnerable with your audience. I feel like now there's a little bit of a race of vulnerability because people are seeing that that's cutting through with engagement, but they're not actually ready within themselves emotionally before they post it. So it comes off as like, like, it just comes off as a bit. Yeah, you know, like know I'm doing this is. for all the likes, yeah. like kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that with a few people. I've, I've actually unfollowed a few people lately and some of them are really, really big international people and mm. I was just like. But it's just like pushy. It's yeah. like really, it doesn't seem genuine. Yeah. It kind of just seems like oh, I'm trying to be like this real person, this real genuine person, but it just comes off as a bit. I also think that if you're following a page, you don't want every single post to be like getting you in a state of feeling like, Oh, poor thing. Like, you know, like we also want to like, you know, have some fun and keep it positive and have some, you know, yeah, laughter and joy. And I think there's definitely a good balance, but I've definitely found that balance there with sharing those ups and those downs. And it definitely makes people see you as a real person. Mm. 
yeah, with yeah. real struggles and you yeah. Know, yeah, you're a human being at the end of just the day. Just because that, of what my job is, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I don't have Go similar struggles times. to what everybody else does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you fronted the camera for some of the biggest brands in the world, including Guess and Revolve, but can you talk us through how you actually stay motivated and keep a positive mindset when you get a no or you've gone in for a casting, you're really set that you're going to land that job and then they turn around and say, oh, no, we're going with someone else. Oh, my God, it happens all the time. <laughs> it happen- like still happens to me. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like you don't have the right hair colour, you don't have the right eye colour or skin tone or <laughs> your boobs aren't small enough or big enough or, you know, whatever it is, like it's just going to happen. People are going to say no and it's nothing to do with you. It's just the kind of brief that they've been given to find this girl that's got – brown eyes, brown hair, dark mm. skin, or, you know, she's pale with blonde hair, whatever it is. It's yeah. it's just a brief. It's yeah. like you can't take it personally and you always just create good relationships with these brands. So when there does come a time where they want a girl with blue eyes and, you know, red hair, <laughs> I'm their girl, you know, yeah. I'm there and I'm, I'm, I believe in their company and love their work. So, you know, it's just about creating good relationships because one job is, you know, just a tiny one in the pond of like a million jobs out there. Yeah. So you're not right for something, but you might be right for something else later down the track with that same company. And you just have to believe that there's something bigger and better waiting around the corner. I mean, there always is. You know, the, the jobs that I had been turned down in the past, I moved to L.A., and I lived in LA for four years and I just got, you, you have to start again there. You, they, they don't care like what you do in Australia. You just start again. So yeah. I just got turned down by so many people. And then I started working with all of these amazing brands like Guess. And then I landed literally a once in a lifetime job doing a Super Bowl commercial for Yellowtail Wines. And that was huge. Still one of the biggest, most amazing jobs that I've ever done in my entire life. And it all came from social media. Yeah, yeah. It's like over 2 billion people, the audience, isn't it? Something it's crazy. Yeah, it's actually insane, like wow. how many people saw this commercial and yeah. how big it was. Yeah. And the fact that they named me in the commercial oh, was even wow. like more insane. I was not expect. like we saw the script the night before and they say my name in the commercial. I'm wearing this like white bikini walking along a beach in Barcelona with this like animatronic <laughs> kangaroo and a guy in a yellow suit. Like, <laughs> it was so wild. Um, but really, like you just have to keep working and keep believing in yourself that, you know, whatever you want in life will come to you if you just keep working like hard and smart. Totally. And that's and just the same being for girls persistent. that aren't modeling, right? Like girls yeah. who have just been rejected from a, a job, um, just believe that you know, stay in good contact with that company or that brand yep. and you build know, relationships, build relationships, go outside, work mm. for someone else, you know, take on something else for the time being. And, and they may come knocking on your door if it's meant yeah. for you. Down the I've track. always found too, like being loyal is one of the biggest things. Like these companies love it when girls are loyal to the brand and they're not, you know, running off and doing a little shoot with a competitive brand, yes. you know, just for, and I get like, it's, it's all people's situations and financial situations and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I've found like being loyal to a brand has been like one of my biggest assets over the years for sure. That's such good advice. And that can be applied in the real world as well. A hundred percent. You are a huge advocate for living a healthy life, Ellie. 
and the founder of two health and fitness programs. Can you tell us about how you keep fit and healthy and what healthy means to you besides all the running? <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so much running. Yeah. <laughs> I don't usually run this much. Like, um, I, It all started for me when I was about 18 and I just wasn't happy with how I looked and how I felt. That was like one of the biggest things for me is like how I felt. I literally just educated myself about health and fitness and wellness and I did a Tony Robbins Living Health program at the time, which oh, is wow. like amazing. Yeah. Like for an eighteen, like for an eighteen-year-old to sit down <laughs> and listen to Tony Robbins for like hours on end, learning about like how you alkalize your body and like what dairy does to your body and what meat does, and all this stuff is just crazy. But I had such a passion for it. Like I love learning about nutrition and health and wellness. So um, I just started learning from all, of ex- from all of the experts in their fields of so many different things and I started training and working with people who – and I, unfortunately for me I was in a really great position where I could start working with some incredible trainers and nutritionists and naturopaths that really taught me a lot about my body and how it's working um, through like, even blood tests, like doing mm-hmm. blood tests and all that kind of stuff. So – yeah, that's really like how I first got into it. And then I, over the years, just started getting so many questions from young girls and even like women who had like just recently had a baby or whatever it was, they just weren't feeling themselves and they weren't feeling fit and strong and healthy. You know, it's never been about being skinny for me. It's always been about being healthy because like I do have big boobs and I do have a butt and like legs and, you know, I just, I will never be a rake. So (laughs) that's just like one that's just being unrealistic for me to, to want that for myself. So I just focused on just being healthy and really like loving how I was feeling. So I then started my own Body Bailey program, which was a program for young girls to read like literally everything I'd learned and compiled over all of the years in one program with training, with nutrition, everything. So there's like a workout program, there's eating plans, there's everything. So I think in that aspect of like giving back as well, like all of that knowledge and I, you know, I spent thousands of dollars over the years, like investing into my health and wellness and to be able to give that to young girls who don't know where to start. Like mm. I did, like my partner literally put me on to Living Health by Tony Robbins, but I wouldn't have known where to start. I wouldn't have known what to do or how alcohol was affecting my body or how sugar was affecting my body mm. and little exercise. It's like, you just don't know. So this is like a really amazing program for girls and women who just want to really start taking care of their body and like learning how everything's functioning. Were you always quite healthy as a child? Did you have a healthy upbringing? I think I had a pretty normal upbringing. Like, you know, your parents give you milk and cereal and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Like I I feel like that generation wasn't really that knowledgeable about Mm -hmm. food and nutrition. But I was always like really athletic at school as well. Like I was a champion sprinter. I did so much sport. Like it was actually insane. My parents literally put me into everything at school (laughs) because they were like, yeah, you'll eventually find something you really like and you'll stick to it. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that was probably like one of the biggest things for me. Yeah. There were two things I love that you just said, one of them being education. Like you you can't just kind of swim around blindly um, Mm. if you want to be healthy and look after your energy. Yeah. And the second one was 
go and get the tests if you want to take supplements or you want to improve your health or your energy or your body composition. Mm. Go and get the blood test. Go and see a doctor. Go and see a naturopath. Stop blindly taking these supplements yeah. from the, the from Instagram store. pages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, literally. I know. See, I think it's like because sometimes people like can have gluten intolerances or, yes. you know, you have so many things these days where y- your body – you just don't really know because it feels normal. It's happened to you mm. all your life. But my partner was recently diagnosed with celiac disease. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. He is how old? Like, yeah, he's 30, 32 this year. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy. Like, he never knew up until sort of recently where it sort of got like really uncomfortable for him. But people just don't know until you go and get those tests done and you find out like if your iron levels are really low, you need to fix your iron. Like, absolutely. There's just so many things that you can do. And if you're taking supplements blindly, I think it's. It's very risky, you know. uh, but it's also everybody's like just so a waste different. of money. <laughs> totally, yes, it's, yeah, it's expensive. Like, and really, try to get it, get it from the food source first of yeah. all, like rather yeah. than just like pumping yourself with supplements as well. Obviously, yeah. I totally agree that supplements help, but like you know, we're kind of getting so lazy as a time poor society that we're just thinking, oh, we want a quick fix, exactly, these days. and it's just, just wants not like to put it in their cart and just be like, yep, I'm going to be skinny in a yeah, week, one hundred percent. That's how it's going to be. Had like vitamin C for a year now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. And you know, you do get to a point where you have to learn about the dosage of your supplements as well, because your body can't absorb four tablets of B12 or four tablets of vitamin C. Like it, mm. there is an actual term of overdoing it. Mm. And there and are supplements. For everyone, right? Yeah, it's yeah. different for everyone. So I think like really investing time and, mm. you know, figuring out like what things you want to focus on is the most important thing. Yeah. So something that I loved that you touched on before was like understanding your body and knowing that, you know, you have boobs and a bum and all of that sort of stuff, which, um, and we've read in some articles that your mental health has always been way more important to you Mm. than the numbers on the scale. So how would you, when it comes to exercise and you are training really hard and, you know, eating really healthy, how do you keep your mental health in check during that time to ensure that, you know, the weight isn't an issue or you're not getting down that you're putting on weight or losing weight honestly I think the biggest thing is like that helps keep my mental health in check is the exercise and the healthy food and just taking care of myself like and also to not putting pressures on myself to like look like other people Mm. social media is definitely such a huge thing for so many young girls these days as to why they just hate their bodies and it's really really sad because everyone has flaws. Mm. You just can't see them because they've turned their head to the right or to the left or they've edited. Yeah, you just – everybody has flaws and everyone's got their own things that they don't like. But, you know, I think if you just focus on the things that you do like and just taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a constant battle but you just have to try and train your mind every day Mm. to – just love your body and love yourself enough mm-hmm. to take care of yourself and exercise and eat the right foods. Yeah. Mm. I think that's the most important part. So what advice would you give to any, you know, younger girls who are listening to this and maybe are struggling with insecurities around, you know, comparisons and comparing themselves to girls on Instagram? Do you have any like little tactics that they could inject into their life to kind of ease that negativity? I think read as many books as you can on loving yourself and self-confidence. I can't tell you how many books I've read, how many podcasts I've listened to about how people cope with 
loving their body. I mean, like Ashley Graham, for one, her podcast is a pretty big deal. Yes. I think she's amazing. And, you know, she's confident, she's happy, and she knows she's got flaws. Like everybody does. And I think understanding and owning your flaws is like the first step to feeling good about yourself. Yeah. It's like the things that you don't like, it's like, well, you can work on them or you can work on loving them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it's all in your head. So focusing on what's in your head is the most important thing than what's on your body because anything on your body you can really change. Like yeah. if you want to lose a bit of weight or tone up or whatever it is, like, you know, but it's all in your head. There is, you know, so many sources out there now too that are free, mm. you know, podcasts, books, yeah. ebooks that are talking about these kind of, you know, love over fear mentality, loving yourself, mm. coping mechanisms for your teens. I think it's really great that, you know, it's becoming really accessible to our younger generation. So um, yeah. you've mentioned Ashley Graham. Is that yeah, you? Ashley Graham, pretty pretty big deal. She's got a great podcast at the moment. But, yeah, I, it's just like just do research, like mm, really yeah. like invest some time into totally. changing the things that you don't like about your mental state or about your body. It's like, you know, there's so much information out there. It's like literally at your fingertips. Yes. <laughs> and just not following those people that make you feel that, I know, you know, bit of negativity or that bit of gooiness inside. You're like, oh. I know, just like go on your Instagram and just be like, oh, absolutely. I know it's I went through feeling. a cut so many people that I was just like, you're – not really making – not that they're doing anything wrong at all, just me in myself. It wasn't making me feel great. So Everyone's I was like, different. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah. it's nothing personal at all. It's just like that's not really aligning yeah. with the way I need to be feeling at the moment or want to be feeling. Mm, so. It's so true. I think you just have to follow people who really inspire you to be a better person and to like do things that do make you feel uncomfortable. And, and also I think it's like being real with yourself is the most important thing too. It's yeah. like – being real and realistic and like if you make a mistake or you do something stupid it's like you you gotta own that and then like Mm -hmm. learn from it as well you can't make excuses for yourself that's like the most important part of growing as a human being yeah it's like owning your shit sounds like you've got it really worked out for someone who's oh no I I think I have my life semi-worked out now for sure um there's a lot of things that I do need to work on and you know, like I said, life life and people are not perfect, but you do have to like be happy and you know, you want that for yourself. So just work for like work for that. Yeah. Work tirelessly every single day to like figure out how you can be happy and like really love yourself. Yeah, I love that. Um now we have we all have a bit of a crazy day, but I really want to talk a little bit about your movie because I was so yes. bummed I couldn't make the premiere. I know last week when you messaged me. I, I know like, oh, I so sad. <laughs> I really wanted you to come and see it. Um it's amazing. It's based on a true story um about one of the youngest WWE wrestlers called Paige. She comes from a little town in the UK from a full wrestling family and she just like worked her way to the top, became Divs champion. And this story is like literally about her life when she grew up and what happened and how she really became who she is now. You don't have to like wrestling or be into wrestling to see this movie. It's like, it's really a movie for everyone. It's inspiring. It like, even made a couple of people cry at the premiere I saw at the end. And mm. I actually really – it's so funny because there's a part in the movie where Florence Pugh, like like our leading actress, she's like laying on a sofa and she's like crying because she's like miles away from her family and friends in the middle of like LA um, – sorry, Florida. She's in the middle of Florida by herself. She's got no friends. 
I can actually relate to that when I first moved to LA and I had like no one really around me and I felt so lonely and I didn't have my family or my friends around me and it was really, really hard. Like there's just so many things in this movie that people can relate to. And, you know, we have Dwayne Johnson who is our producer with Seven Bucks and he also stars Cameo and um, our writer-director Stephen Merchant who is absolutely amazingly funny and talented who is also making a cameo in the movie and then we have Lena Headey and Vince Vaughn and Nick Frost and Jack Loudon like such an incredible oh cast God. I was say <laughs> seriously that is so insane yeah and you- they they premiered the movie at Sundance this year which was even more incredible wow. and it's actually the number one movie in the UK right now That's and it comes out in cinemas March 21st in Australia so I'm really excited for people to see this I play a WWE diva Yes, so you Love can see it. me in my like ring. I actually so trained. <laughs> I, I know I did stunts. I t- trained for my own stunts for this movie. Yeah. We did so many scenes with um, Vince, who was actually our WWE coach, which wow. was amazing. Like you see this big Jim Carner like day set up on the sand, where he's just yelling at us and blowing horns at us and just like being so mean to us all day. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's like, he's our coach and he was an amazing co-star oh and everybody goodness. else who was on this project, this movie was just like, oh, just, it's a dream come true for this to yeah. be like my first movie wow. and to have it as the number one movie in the UK right now. It's just absolutely amazing. I was going to say, can you just give us a little insight into when you actually got the call that you had landed that role? Like what was the feeling? What did you go through? Um, so Dwayne, Asked if I wanted to do this movie. And of course I said yes, because you don't say no. (laughs) And he's been an amazing mentor and like such a great friend over the years. I obviously like self-taped for it. So everyone on the team could see. Yeah, from Brisbane. I was on Christmas holidays. Yeah. Um, I think it was like a week before Christmas and I was in Australia visiting um, my family and stuff. And one of my best friends like, she played one of the other divas on the other side of the camera while I did my audition. So funny. But my agent called me and he, like, I was at my home in LA just sitting on the couch and he called me and he's like, yep, so you're all confirmed for the movie and you'll be shooting in LA and then London and this is your schedule for the next couple of weeks and congratulations, this is amazing. <laughs> and then Dwayne had like congratulated me and he was there on like all of like one of our stunt days as well which was absolutely amazing learning from him in the ring so yeah it really was just like such an incredible experience doing this movie I can't wait for the next one that I'll do seriously cannot wait to watch it so you've obviously had a phenomenal link career already but can you tell us what the future has in store I think really like a lot more of the same thing like working with these incredible brands and like a few more calls from Dwayne oh yeah you know maybe there's a Fast and Furious movie <laughs> oh, I, I would love that but yeah more of a lot of the same thing like working with these amazing companies shooting campaigns all around the world doing commercials and movies and all of that kind of stuff it's um it's been an amazing journey so far and I just feel like it's going to be such a great, you know, just this year alone has been so incredible. So, yeah, we're just continuing that that grinding experience and working hard oh, and making the you. money. You are obviously <laughs> such a hard worker and a go-getter. I just love your attitude and every Thank single you. thing that you're about. So I can Thank see so that the future is definitely going to continue to be bright. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I hate to spring this one on you, but what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, 
Um, I know, I hate it when people ask no, me No. <laughs> I mean, it's from my dad. I got really badly bullied at school at one point in time and – I remember I came home and I just, I'd had enough because my parents had gone to the school and, you know, complained like so many times and the school was trying to do stuff about it and nothing was working. So my dad literally just took things into his own hands and he just said to me, like, I came home and I was in tears and he said, like, you listen to me and you don't forget this. This has got nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. Like what people say about you is just not, that's not on you. That's everything that's their insecurity and it's their own shit. So I think, you know, that's the first time he actually swore in front of me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Dad. <laughs> so can I say shit too? <laughs> Absolutely. Get it out. But, man, it was. it's just stuck with me over all these years. It's just been just that one thing. It's like dealing with social media criticism and like even criticism in the media sometimes over the years, it's just like you, it's got nothing to do with you. Like if you're a mm. good person and you work hard and you know, you don't treat people like crap, it's like, you know, you just have to remind yourself that it's nothing on you. Yeah. That <laughs> is such beautiful advice from your dad. I think we can all take something from that. And finally, before we wrap up this beautiful chat, we'd love to know for all the foodies listening, what does a day on your plate look like? Oh, is it a cheat day or is it a... It can be whatever day you want it to be. <laughs> um, generally, I mean, it's really healthy. I have, I have food prep. I'll have like a smoothie in the morning that's like packed full of protein and healthy fats and carbs. And then I'll have a snack, which is like a handful of tomatoes or a handful of almonds and, a, you know, a bit of fruit or whatever. And then I'll have like poached eggs or salmon with like broccolini and brown rice, just something like that's really sustainable to help me get through the rest of the day. And then I'll have like maybe a packet of that Justin's um butter with like tomatoes. It's like the, the lycopene in tomatoes is like really, tomato. yeah, yeah. So I don't have it together, obviously. Okay. I have it one, one in front of the other, but like I don't mix it. <laughs> that would be absolutely feral. No, I can't do it. I can't eat like ice cream with um, something hot either. It's just bizarre. It's bizarre to me. And then I'll have like salmon with broccolini and like brown rice for dinner as well and all, you know, poached eggs or whatever I'm sort of like feeling at that point in time. But I do meal prep a lot. So I just have these meals ready to go and I don't really have to do much to prepare them. But some of my dinners I'll have like a bit of like maple syrup on the salmon in the oven with some like oranges on top. So it's like really something different for the day. And then for my treat meal once a week I'll have like donuts or red licorice or like whatever I feel like having. Oh, I love licorice so <laughs> Depends much. what time of the month it is because, you know, when yes. you get like you get onto your cycle and you're just like, I just want to eat all the chocolate oh in the goodness. world. The cravings like go through the roof. <laughs> oh, I had a girlfriend come over on the weekend and we just like smashed a chocolate bar and like some other like Starburst lollies and I had this like pimple literally come up on my jaw and I was just like, that's punishment. Chocolate. That's punishment for right eating there. so much sugar. Coming out of my pores. Yeah, it's literally chocolate coming out of my pores. Oh, Ellie, <laughs> you are definitely an inspiration to all. Thank you for sharing your little day on a plate and uh, you are one to watch. But the main thing is that you just have such a beautiful soul and you are <sighs> just amazing to be around I'm just taking on all this good vibe energy right now so thank you so much for being with us today we feel feel really blessed to have no, you on the thank show thank you for having me it's been so good to be with you guys and hang out with you and Daisy <laughs> yeah and Daisy can you do a little snort I know she's been so good so well behaved hello bye Daisy can you snort <laughs> <laughs> she's so quiet <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.